All right. Hello, everybody. We have an awesome conversation coming up with Natalie. Uh, she is at the Balance Projector on Instagram, a beautiful 6-2 splenic projector, and we are here to just chat. Uh, we've we've already been chatting for quite a while, so <laughs> we have. <laughs> We're gonna unpack some stuff, but hello, Natalie. <laughs> Hi. Thank you for having me again. It's been like a year. I know our last conversation. Yes, and I'm just off February. <laughs> I'm grateful that you made the time to chat with me again today. And I had so much fun with our last one. And then I remember, I don't, I don't remember exactly why I was looking back through my um, messages. And then it hit me. I'm like, how has it been a year? This year flew by. I know we were all like really in the thick of it last year. And now I'm like, we that it's gone. <laughs> I don't know how that quite happened. All of a sudden it was just like, and now this year I'm like, oh, it's, it's April. I was going to say it's March. It's actually April now. So it's I don't yeah. know what's happening. Time is an illusion. So time fine. is. A <laughs> How are you feeling with this Aries new moon? Um, you know, I'm actually my moon is an Aries, okay. uh, my natal moon. So uh, I I always love when there's a little Aries action because I um I'm quite hyped up on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm mostly Capricorn, but um, I do have my Aries moon. So I I'm feeling good. Also all the transits today I'm an emotional uh generator today or maybe a manifesting generator um yeah still have my wide open heart and um yeah everything else is defined so I'm kind of riding this weird energy wave that we've got going on <laughs> I was gonna have to take a nap this afternoon I was like wait why am I not tired so I looked at it and I was like oh because okay. hey, um... I'm a fully defined sacral being. <laughs> Got it. Okay. <laughs> Don't need to nap. That makes sense. That makes sense. I hadn't checked yeah. the transits today, so I had to peek in on it real quick. I actually have a defined heart today, so that's pretty fun. Oh, you do? Yeah. yeah. Ooh, that always throws me for a loop when I get that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's an interesting energy for sure. So you have the wide open heart. Do mm -hmm. you how do you react when you're around a defined heart person? Like, are you, have you started picking up on that energetic? Uh, yeah. So my moon is in gate 25.5 okay. uh, and my brother has the 51. So, mm -hmm. and there's like a very competitive energy that comes out when they're, when it's the full channel. So yeah, it's, plus he's a pure generator. He's also a six two. Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting being around us. I also try really hard to keep up with him and it does not work. <laughs> it's a 30 year in the, in the works lesson, but you know, well, okay. So I got, got there eventually. Yeah. That six line is starting to move to the roof. So, mm -hmm. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Integrating now. <laughs> so it's fine. Okay. I have to say though, I see these people make jokes on Instagram about their six line. They're like, oh, back when I was a third line and made all the mistakes. Ha ha ha. And I'm like, I'm a third line for life. Like <laughs> stop acting. Like, <laughs> I get that. Whole... Honestly, I, I have to, <laughs> I used to be one of them and I still do it because <laughs> the third line lives within the six line. Mm -hmm. like you're it's not quite the same we also don't have your teflon exterior so i still yeah. third line it but now that i'm on the roof i'm just like is it worth it <laughs> <laughs> is it worth the third line experience and i only do it if it is so 
Okay, so do you have a little more of it? Uh, I guess a rooftop perspective of it, then like you can kind of tell it's a third line thing before you're doing it. Whereas me, I'm like stumble on the ground. I'm like, oh, right. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. I think I can sort of, if I can't see it beforehand, at least when I'm in the middle of it, I'm just like, oh, okay. It's a third line thing. Got it. Okay. And then I'm just like, I give myself a bit more grace because I'm like, we're just third lining it. We're just figuring it out. But um, so I certainly get in my head about it still. And I'll just like have a little mental trip about it all. But eventually yeah. my roof self is like, chill. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. chill out. It's fine. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, it's, so it's interesting to me that whole Teflon aura thing with the third line as well, because They'll talk about that. I don't know if it's because I'm a mental projector with all the openness. Uh, part of me is like, I don't know if I have that Teflon. Like, I would really love to have a two line for a little bit and just kind of cruise, <laughs> not have to learn everything the hard way. That'd be great. <laughs> I, I have to say, I really love my two line. <laughs> I have a second line body, and it's uh, it's nice. Sometimes it's a little frustrating because I'm just like, what's happening? Mm -hmm. I don't know what's happening. Plus my spleen, I have one defined gate, the 18 to 58, and okay. it's um, undefined, or sorry, not undefined, unconscious. So it's my body. So I don't even have a conscious connection to my spleen, but I have a conscious connect connection to my throat to G-center. So I joke that I'm a self-projected projector <laughs> because... I actually have a much stronger relationship with my uh, with my uh, G center and like talking things out. Mm -hmm. I just walk around my house and like talk out loud to myself and like talk through things. Um, and I feel like really strong directional pull to certain places or like my body will say like turn right now or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. That I've only just recently started to figure out with the help of, I, had, I was in a splenic authority class with Sam Zagar and she was like, yeah, you definitely identify as a self-projected projector. <laughs> I was like, yes, I joke that I am one because I'm like my spleen. I don't know. It's just, you know, hanging out. <laughs> like just there. And it's just there. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's that whole like form, form principle. It's just going to happen. My body's going to take me there. <laughs> okay. That's so interesting. So, so have you started to be able to connect to it a little more? How do you relate to the spleen then? Um, it's, it's a little difficult. I also feel a little strange because I only have one defined gate, um, which is part of my 5818 channel. Um, so it's a little bit, um, it's very pressurized there. I also have the 48 would bridge my narrow split. So I'm a split definition. And if I had, this, I have the 16, if I had the 48, I would be single definition. So those, the uh, 48 represents fear of um, inadequacy. Yeah. And I'm like, woo, that's me. Um, <laughs> and then I also have my 18, which is fear of authority, which is sort of like somebody else is better. Somebody else can do it better, you know? Right. And I'm just like, oh, that's just my entire shadow. <laughs> <laughs> Put into two little old gates. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, that's probably, I feel that's the strongest. Um, I also get super pulled into my solar plexus, which is, 
um, undefined, obviously. I have the 6.4, which reaches out towards the sacral. Um, mm -hmm. But I really like to have time to mull over my decisions. But as a splenic being, I'm here to be instantaneous. Mm -hmm. um, so I find myself getting pulled into the solar plexus to be like, let's like loop around this a few times and like see different perspectives. I'm like, that's not what I'm here for. I do not have that emotional depth and that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, it's a little, I'm, it's a little, it's trial and erroring still. Um, you know, it's also, it's, so my 18 is 18.2. It's my conscious son. Okay. So not only is it, or unconscious son, sorry. So not only is it unconscious, it's also line two. It's the natural. So you're just like completely oblivious to anything that it has to say or do. <laughs> it's literally just form principle that it comes out in so yeah it's um it's a work in progress I'm just trying to like trust my spleen trust the instantaneous nature of like today like you messaged me yesterday and I was like oh we should do Thursday so I can give myself more time and then today I was like no I'm actually into it let's let's do this today <laughs> kind of like pulled you into it with my spleen a little bit there um, <laughs> it was perfect though. It's what I needed. <laughs> so, I mean, it's working out, I think, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, I'm also starting to learn that I necessarily, I still think of my spleen, like it's the sacral center. I like throw it questions and try and get a response, but that's not how it works. It's in the moment. Is this person right? Mm -hmm. Is this restaurant right? Is this house right? Is this food right? It's going to tell me then and there no because to be honest I've never heard a yes <laughs> I've heard a you should call this person no turn here <laughs> I've never heard it yeah this is great you know we get really looped into the the generator game of like what lights you up kind of deal right. but I mean they can get no's too obviously you know there's just the whole like you know frequency mm -hmm, mm -mm, kind of thing but yeah. yeah the spleen doesn't work that way spleen's just like no, but only when it wants to say it. <laughs> so I'm like trying to t like remember like, okay, I don't have to have a splenic hit or no or anything. It's not a response, but a response to anything. It doesn't, I don't, I can't have one every day. Maybe I, it's only, you know, once a week that I get it. And maybe that'll get stronger over time, but I'm trying to remember that I don't need, it doesn't necessarily have to have a say in every little decision of my day okay you know yeah. which I think we read a lot about generators and I for sure tried to be a generator for the entirety of my <laughs> my life and up until two years ago when I found human design um and I think yeah the sacral is very much you ask it a question it gives you a response it's right. that simple but the spleen, I can ask it a question that's not its game. It's like, that's fun. You can have your mind answer that, but that, <laughs> I don't need to answer that right now. That's like a future question. That's not, <laughs> give me some danger and I'll tell you what to do. <laughs> so it's an IRL kind of girl. <laughs> it's funny the way you describe it just now. I'm getting this mental picture of like the sacral is like a dog and the spleen is like a cat. <laughs> yeah no totally that's Dogs like a really good way of yeah because mm -hmm. yeah, I'm just seeing this cat I mean you know you can ask them to do something and they're like 
No. Side eye. Right. <laughs> I literally, I have, I do not care what you want. <laughs> like, sorry, was that actually for me? Or are you just trying to project your wish of a, a sacral on me? That's not. Sorry, we don't respond. <laughs> it's not our game. It's not what we're here for. <laughs> okay. This is good though, because I'm always so curious about splenic beings experience with their spleen. I just find it very fascinating. And I think that's one that I'm always extra cautious about in a reading of someone's splenic authority, where it's like, I don't, all my one line and fear motivation, I feel like I can read about it as much as I want. Mm-hmm. but it's so nuanced and yeah. so I'm, I asked like anybody who's splenic authority like tell me about how it shows up for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's 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 interesting and it's very um like you said it's very nuanced it's so particular I think the biggest thing for me has just been learning and reminding myself on like a daily if not hourly basis it doesn't respond <laughs> That is not what it's here for. So you cannot try and get it to respond. It's going to, it's going to come out when you are, your life is in danger, right? The spleen is here to protect you, to keep you safe. Mm. So me being like, Hey, do we want teriyaki chicken for dinner tonight? (laughs) The spleen's like, I don't care what you eat. Like, put something that's poison in front of me then like yeah I'm gonna be like don't eat this <laughs> don't I'm not gonna choose your dinner for you you know it's it's funny and I tried to do that for like the first few years up until like my shattering in November when I was like oh I get it <laughs> no no I see what you mean okay <laughs> right right okay so yes can we talk a little more about this shattering yeah uh yeah, it, I just, I'm so curious. Well, obviously, that's funny. <laughs> like, I'm your motivation. My only channel is 1156. So, obviously, I'm curious about everything. So, <laughs> I remember reading your post before the transference and distraction. Mm-hmm. Was that around that time or was that processing after? Um, it, it was, I think it was honestly, the shattering happened in November of 2021. It's now April 22 for those of you listening in the future. (laughs) Um, And I had posted um, something about closed taste on my Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I was just super bitter. And then I posted it and I had, I just closed my Instagram. I was just like, okay, it's out there. We're just, I'm going to come back later or tomorrow or never I don't know and I opened the app later and I was just like flooded with the kindest words messages people were um supporting my work with my um buy me a coffee link Mm -hmm. um it was I was like floored I was like oh okay so showing up in your bitterness can be good okay (laughs) My undefined solar plexus is like, hide this as much as possible. Do not let people know that you're bitter. But like, that's when I was like, oh, my bitterness isn't something that you're supposed to run away from or hide from or avoid. Mm. It's not pleasant to show up as a bitter person. It's very, it's not nice for us. 
and I'm just so aware of the other person and their reaction, sometimes physical, I can see them kind of like, oh, this is hard to watch a better person, you know, like it's, it's hard to watch somebody else when they're in it and you can feel it, you know, it's like gritty. And um, I realized that showing up bitter is actually the way that I found my way to the shattering. Cause I was like, I don't have to hide from it. That is the biggest road sign, red flag, whatever you want that shows me exactly what my truth is. When you just keep going towards bitterness and you're ignoring the fact that it's bitterness and you're like, I just have to keep doing and eventually it's going to go away. No, (laughs) that's why bitterness is there. Bitterness is like, turn around, take the U-turn when possible because you're not, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're not living, you know, as you're designed to, right? Mechanically speaking. Um, And that's when I was like, oh, I get it. Okay. my bad sorry (laughs) like apologize to my body I'm like sorry my mind I'm sorry you guys I got a little crazy there for a minute but I I figured it out okay so it's been it's been pretty good since then yeah I mean I I really took kind of like a hard left or right or whatever direction I went u-turn I don't know um and I like stopped doing readings and I just fully started studying um source material because I was like oh, (laughs) I actually understand human design now that I'm like, you know, reading the textbooks, which are so readily available on the internet. You know, when I came in to human design, there was a lot of kind of really negative talk about source material and Jovian and IHDS, which is International Human Design School. And um, it was, you know, all all this talk about a paywall and how unfair it was and, I mean, it painted a very bad picture and somebody new in the industry. I think you probably remember it too. When you're starting out, you're like, well, I don't, okay. I guess they're, they're terrible people. We shouldn't, you know, involve ourselves. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. I know because you're- <laughs> I'm fear motivation. I don't know what I'm doing here. I just, right? I'm going <laughs> to walk that path first. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, no thanks. Um, cut two, they're actually wonderful resources to actually learn human design. Um, you can buy the textbooks online, you can buy the course material for, you know, the people who are enrolled in um, the professional school, you can buy the textbooks online, they're a little pricey. But I mean, when you actually add them all up, it's, it's nothing compared to the couple thousand dollars I spent on <laughs> training some people who were not um certified not that there's anything wrong with them but there's a very different feeling with source material when I read that now I'm like yes. oh <laughs> oh my gosh I have the same experience because I had a bit of a shattering myself around November and I crashed and burned and then <laughs> it was bad I've been diving more into source material as well and I keep looking back to these people that I trusted in the beginning and I'm like oh did they yeah. even read this did they go here because it doesn't seem mm-hmm. it's deeper it is it is and I um I don't it it, there's a lot of talk about um like the frequency that is carried with Ra's teachings Mm -hmm. you know that it actually you know impacts you on a cellular level when we change the the words right it's a language it's Mm -hmm. like going into 
French class and saying like, you don't like the word for X, so you're just going to change it. You can't do that. That's, <laughs> the meaning right. of the word changes when you do that. Um, and I know so. I, like I had a little bit of a, a moment that I know a lot of people have when they first get in human design, you know, I read, I'm the one three. So it's like, oh, I'm the martyr and I'm single definition mm -hmm. of authority. Like there's just <laughs> and <laughs> kind of went spiral just a little bit. And I hear people do that now, especially three fives, right? They're like, I'm the martyr heretic, what in the world? Mm -hmm. So for me, I just usually explain who Raw was. I'm like, y'all, he was a manifester, an ego manifester with gate 51. I was gonna say, with gate 51. <laughs> right, like he's meant to shock you into awakeness. This isn't mm -hmm. like me, I'd be like, well, let's gently flow through because that's who I am, but not him. So let's mm -hmm. just, honor what it is and don't take it personally so how do yeah. you usually talk people through that if they're having a moment with the wording you know I used to actually I fully called myself out and I was like oops I've been in uh, pop hd for a while guys sorry um so I used <laughs> to actually you know walk people through with um softer explanations like mm -hmm. I fully own up to it and I don't necessarily think that I said anything that was wrong or did anything that was you know made these people walk away from a reading that wasn't true but in in a way it did do them a disservice because it, it's just not a level of honesty and mm. a level of transformation that can happen when you use the correct terminology and you use the language because it is a system, it's a science. And if you don't use it the way that it is right now, the way that it was intended to be used, it can't have the same level of cellular transformation. And that's what we're here for, right? We're here to learn who we are. And there's, look, we're going around talking about bitterness. I don't want to say that I'm a bitter person and I'm not a lot of the time, but that's there. And I can't say, oh, I'm a perfectly happy person every single day of my life. Are you kidding me? No, I've got the A1. I get my melancholy and, you know, it gets bad sometimes, but I can't say, oh, we just don't talk about that part because it's not very nice. You know, it's not super fun, fluffy and pink. Like I like fluffy, fun, pink things, but like my spleen's probably like black. I mean, it's not, <laughs> it's like Pluto or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not well, I mean, life isn't super fluffy. It's just not. And we've got to learn how to work through the dark side and the shadow and to really love that aspect too. Mm -hmm. It's just there to guide us. It's part of the whole experience. Mm -hmm. That's what I realized. Yeah. I'm not bitterness post. So I wrote my closed taste post, which led to my um, shattering. And then I was like, oh, bitterness. Yeah. That's like, I love bitterness. I don't like feeling it, I, but I love it because it shows me immediately when mm -hmm. I'm not being myself. I'm in transference, I'm distracted. I'm trying to live as a sacral being. I'm trying to avoid confrontation from my <laughs> solar plexus. I'm trying to keep up with my you know, brother who has his defined um, heart center. Mm -hmm. You know, I, it, it runs me ragged and bitterness is just like a quick little slap in the face it's like hey not your trip chill right <laughs> I love it not your trip <laughs> not my trip you know like, you're not here I'll get really stuck in my head 
really stuck in my head. Oh, yeah. And then it's just like a quick little, hey, it's not your trip. Yeah. You don't like, the, you're feeling super bitter right now. Why are you feeling bitter? It's your truth. It's just hitting you in the face with your truth. That's not who you are. That's not who you're here to be. It's just a guide. Like you said, it, it's just helping you see what's happening in front of you. Because yeah. yeah, that's how I've experienced it too. But I laugh, like when I found out about the bitterness, I think about stuff from before and I'm like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was in the wrong place for a long time and I was really bitter I must oh, have been yeah. for everybody else. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know it is funny when you look back and you're like, I see it now. Okay. that was the bitterness coming through okay got it my bad my bad yeah <laughs> yeah when you were talking about how you get stuck in your head a lot I mean I can relate to that as a mental projector you know my mind's the only thing I really have access to but with you you have both undefined up there mm-hmm. Open mm-hmm. they're both undefined uh they're both undefined I have um some gates which I'm honestly not remembering right now so <laughs> I mean, gosh, I'm judging you harshly. You don't I have- know. I, I have 17. I know that because that's my unconscious birth. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, so I'm just wondering how that feels for you because you've got them both undefined. You have both right arrows. So I feel like that's just so much. It feels like a sea, like you could get lost in it that way. I'm curious how getting lost in your head feels like for undefined crown in mind with the right arrows. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, yeah, it's it's an interesting combination because the right mind is is pretty much not even pulled, just sort of like taken, you know, wherever it wants to wander. And then the undefined head and Ajna, you're just sort of like, yeah, let's just go diving in this ocean and like... <laughs> you know, it can get a little intense. Um, I think for me, I just, um, it's when, it's when I'm like trying to go to sleep Mm. and I find myself like 20 minutes into thinking of some scenario that will never, ever happen that I'm like, okay, it's not my trip. (laughs) I got lost. I I fell asleep in the play for a minute. I I you know I got lost in there, but it's all right. Let's just okay. Bring it back. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the part of my design is that my brain is meant to just kind of wander. I'm meant to just think aimlessly. It's when it starts to become something that I find my body having a stressful reaction to. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's something that I'm thinking about I'm supposed to do something I, I'm I'm projecting onto somebody else their projection my my perceived projections from them onto me does that make sense yes, yes. <laughs> and then I just like roll it around <laughs> and then I'm like stop just stop it's not like I think I heard someone talk one time they said they met they said something like um essentially it's like very narcissistic to think everything is about you right and it is I mean that this the person that I could be thinking is projecting all of this these things onto me is like a business owner a mom she probably has pets got a husband she's cooked dinner you think that you're she's sitting around like for four hours just like bad mouthing you of all the people in the world (laughs) in her life you know what I mean yeah like woman does not think about you she sent you an email to do something that's it 
that's the extent of it. <laughs> Isn't that so fascinating? Yes, one little thing happens. And then for me, I feel like it's undefined solar plexus. And it's like, oh, oh no. yeah, they hate you and you did everything wrong. And <laughs> it like goes mm-hmm. off on this crazy tangent. Yeah, it's really, I do enjoy now. I've gotten to a point, I'm still in a very mental trip with my with my experiment, it's still a much, very much a mental experiment for me, like understanding the different aspects of my design and how it works. But I do kind of have fun now watching it all play out where like, you know, I get something that then my, my like an email, my Ajna is like, why don't you know the answers to this yet? Like you're useless. And then my, my heart's like, well, you have to do it to prove it. And then my sacred is like, yeah, why aren't you working already? You should just work till nine o'clock tonight to prove to her that you know what you're doing. Then my solar plexus is like, yeah, definitely don't go back and ask questions. Like my fear motivation needs me to do or wants me, I shouldn't say needs, um, you know, because like that's gonna, you know, upset them and make them think that you don't know. It's like, it just goes rampant. And I'm like, wow, I just sat here for three seconds and watched every single, it's like a body scan. Every single undefined center just screamed at me. Meanwhile, my spleen's just chilling, like laying back. Like we don't have anything and talk about right now you're fine there's no actual danger here we're not gonna we're not we don't have a part in this conversation (laughs) and we're we're the authority but like we're just gonna sit back and not say anything because it's all nonsense yeah you're fine yeah again I'm picturing a cat like yeah um yeah no I relate to that and I've had similar experiences it's funny because just the other day I was noticing this with something that popped up that I had a very strong bodily reaction to, and then I just observed it. It's like, this is really cool. I'm just going to flow with it. And honestly, mm-hmm. I don't even remember what it was. So that's pretty exciting. But, but there have been times where I'm feeling overwhelmed. And so I listen, it's like, oh, they're all yelling at the same time. <laughs> no, no wonder I'm stressed. Yep. Again, I can think back in the past and realize, uh, you know, like that would just, throw me into transference I would be in need like oh mm-hmm. I need to do all these things to survive yep. right do you yep. feel that way so yeah the fear motivation there yeah um I have come to really love my fear motivation and as with everything in my design my favorite part is when I can come through the whole mental game the whole thing watch it all play out and then be like oh yeah, this is what I've always done. (laughs) (laughs) This is how I've literally been since I have memories of me being in kindergarten acting this way. Like Mm -hmm. it's just who I've always been. I just had to remember and have the words to be like, yes, this is how I'm designed to live and be and decide and be motivated. Um, So yeah, no, if you're motivation, um, (laughs) we're old friends. (laughs) (laughs) um I've I've found actually really interestingly this week um so I started working again at a real you know company I tried to make human design my own thing and it was not sustainable monetarily so I was living off my savings it was fine but we got to a point where my survival view was like but money (laughs) right we need money to survive so um okay got a job So I'm training um, this woman to use a program and my fear motivation is just perfectly at ease. You know, someone's like, Hey, can you show her how to do this? And I'm like, my heart 
alert is not going to promise anything. It says that shouldn't be a problem. Let me double check and I'll get back to you. Mm-hmm. I then take myself through the steps of doing it myself. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I'm capable of doing this. I'm now capable of showing this other woman how to do it. Mm-hmm. So yes, I can respond and say, yep, this is totally fine. Send you know the requests and, and I'll show her how to do this. And then I show her how to do it. And I, I, my survival view, I think plays a part because it's like, what does she, what are the essential steps that I need to lay out for her and myself that we are both on the same page that she can easily follow my instructions and she can then move on and do this by herself. So she doesn't have to come to me every single time. You know, those people who are like, yeah, you click on this and then you go to this button, you do the drop down, you click the third one yes. and they just say it over the phone really fast. And then you're like, sorry, can you just, um, so could you email it? Um, there's screenshots and can we do a video chat? Like I can watch you physically do it. Like I do all of that with this woman that I'm training. Cause I'm like, I know my right mind and brain like to watch. And I also like to just have like a PDF of instructions off to the side. So I don't have to keep going back to my boss being like, can you show me again? Can you show me again? You know? Yes. So yeah, it's been really interesting watching my fear motivation is just like, yeah. Like I ask the questions I need. I do, I go through it by myself to make sure that I know what I'm doing. And then I'm like, do I have questions? Maybe, yeah, send them. Like before I found human design, I had the worst anxiety because I never asked questions. If I didn't know something, (laughs) if I didn't know something, I was just like, you're an idiot. You need to figure this out by yourself to prove you can do something, prove my wide open heart. And uh, yeah, it was just miserable. It was, I hated, I hated the job. I hated daily life. I had anxiety. I had panic attacks all the time. And now I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. So let's just shoot off an email and be like, Hey, I don't feel fully comfortable with this. Can you please answer these questions so that I can move forward? And like now, you know, even if it means there's a seven hour delay between me just doing it and guessing and getting some work done, I'd rather email them my questions so that they can confirm or, you know, half the time they're like, oh yeah, I forgot to mention that. So thanks for asking. I'm like, imagine if I just went and did it and they would have been, I would have done it wrong. I would have been incorrect. And then you just, my mind would have been like, see, told you, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. (laughs) Everything, all the thoughts and places would pop up. Like I, we knew it. <sighs> yep. So yeah, fear motivation. I've become very good friends with because I'm like, there's nothing wrong with asking questions. Mm-hmm. Like you should be asking questions. Like I don't. I'm not here to pretend that I know everything about everything. You know. Mm-hmm. So especially human design. I get I get nervous around human design um, because I. I, again, imagine that all these people are projecting onto me. I do have this second line, but that they're projecting onto me that I have to know everything, that I have to know the specific, you know, answers, perfect responses. And it's really, again, my splenic gates, the bridge, which is fear of inadequacy, ouch. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) um, my 18, which is fear of authority, somebody else can do it better. Those two keep me really small so especially in human design you know I I've pretty much I'm still kind of taking you know time off I've since November haven't really done anything um because 
I think I just need to rebuild that. I don't know if it's confidence or if I just need to wait out my fear motivation um, to get to the point where I feel like I have a sturdy enough foundation to act as an outer authority, which even saying outer authority feels weird, but I mean it in the mechanical sense of like, right. like you're a projector. Not, you're meant to be an outer authority. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not a, not like a end all be all to human design, but you know. Yeah. Well, there's so many layers to human design and I can relate to that, uh, being afraid with all my mechanics, you know, I feel like I have so many of that shadows. I have the gate 48 and three placements, by the way. So that's probably why. We- <laughs> well, that's probably why we're doing this again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> our magnetic monopoles doing the work for us. <laughs> exactly. You gotta trust it. Trust it. I love that. That's so funny. <laughs> but I started to realize like there's so many layers and then I see, uh, I just observe a lot and I watch these other readers and I realize everybody kind of, gets pulled into their own little nuance of the system. And, you know, I see people who are studying source material, but the like Teo is really great at the incarnation crosses and those, oh my gosh, excuse me, you know, and then so funny that you say that I was literally going to look to book with him today. (laughs) 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 An incarnation cross reading. And I was like, wait a little bit longer. (laughs) But anyways, I interrupted you. Sorry. That's been in the back of my mind for a while too. Cause I have the right angle cross of rulership. That was another one that tricked me up in the beginning. I'm like, am I supposed to be like a ruler? <laughs> and I have gate 26, the gate of the salesman. I'm like, this thing doesn't know me at all. I'm a terrible salesperson, but I've started to decondition and understand most of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's what, that's what eased my not self of all that because again, fear motivation, one line to find mind gate 48. Like there's so much seven undefined centers. There's so much that's afraid of being wrong. And that's been my whole life. But now I realize I'm here to process things in my way with my defined mind and my gate 47. And so like, that's, that's literally it. I can't do it wrong. I just got to keep processing how I feel led to process. And that's eased so much anxiety. Yeah, I was watching um, or listening rather to uh, Ra's, um, the four transformations lectures mm-hmm. today. And uh, I, the the view, view perspective, which is the, um, one of the variable, there's the four arrows at the top of your chart it's called variable. And it's the, um, on the uh, design side, which is the right-hand side. So it's the one you're conscious of. Just trying to <laughs> lay it out for the person at home. He's like, what is she talking about? Um, yes. Anyway, so yes. So um, he was talking about it and he's like, you, as, uh, in addition to your entire body graph, you, the perspective, your view is entirely unique. Even if like we share the same view or perspective, we are going to see it in a completely different and unique way, just based on everything else in our design. Mm-hmm. You know, um, what is the sense? What, you know, how, how are the other um, variable placements, you know, facing on what tonal, you know? Exactly. And like, what if you have different uh, environments? So you're seeing that perspective from a different place. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. That's yeah. what I love about it too. And you're a mental projector. I'm splenic, you know? Right. And so, yeah, we have so much similar in our charts, but then so much so different too. Mm-hmm. Fun. It's so fun. Do you get the question? People ask me when they're pretty new, they're like, okay, I have this thing. Is that normal? Like I have all these, whatever, is that normal? And I always say, there's no such thing as normal. That's the beauty of this. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's just unique because normal is weird and weird is normal Mm -hmm. because in human design, normal means, I mean, in my opinion, that you're conditioned to the homogenized world. You're exactly. normal. You're like everybody else. You do a normal job. You get a normal salary. You live in a normal apartment. Mm-hmm. So that just means you're, you know, homogenized, you know, in the rat race or whatever. Now you can have a job and a salary and an apartment and not be homogenized, you know, not to say like <laughs> you should be living in a van, you know, right, <laughs> like, right. You know, in a national park or something, you know, to be completely not homogenized. Like we still live in, you know, a matrixy world where like, you know, there are certain conditions of being a human on this plane is that, you you know, you have to make money. Mm -hmm. Most of the people in the world have to make money, (laughs) you know, in order to afford a house and health insurance and food and pay their bills and pay their taxes. Like those are normal things that everybody has to do, even how, you know, differentiated that we are, you know, we still all have to do some things the same. And I think it's, um, I got to a point personally where I realized that my experiment only existed within the confines of a bubble that I had created where, Ooh. yeah, which is a bit dangerous where, you know, you don't, it's, I didn't even realize it until my, um, not self projection authority (laughs) figured it out for me. (laughs) I was like talking out loud (laughs) and I was like, huh, I have this weird preconceived notion that I cannot be a projector in the quote unquote normal world. Like can't be a projector and have a job, can't be a projector and you know, make money or pay rent or whatever it is. And that's dangerous because the whole point of human design is just to be who you are. And that means that you can be a paralegal (laughs) and a splenic projector. It's not an if and or kind of situation, you know, it's like, it's this and that you are a projector and you can do all of these other things in order to make a life for yourself. And I think I got on a very um, sticky path where I didn't think that I could actually live as a projector unless I was, you know, being a human design reader and having a successful human design business and, you know, all of this stuff. I didn't think, oh, I can work at a company and be a projector and wait for invitations, which is what I do. I still, you know, pretend I'm a sacral being sometimes and work too much and insert my opinions places although I do have 17 and 18 so that sort of comes with the territory (laughs) but sometimes I mean for the most part they go over well because people you know know me and it's my opinions are being shared within a situation that I've already been invited into most Mm -hmm. of the time so 
I mean, even just the past month, I've been experimenting with just like being a projector, like IRL, so to speak, like, <laughs> you know, like taking it to like the streets, like for real, I'm doing this out here, you know, it's not in the bubble as I was before. Like I was, I had created a bubble. Maybe that's fear motivation. I don't know. To build up this foundation of knowledge so that I could then actually take it mm. to my real life. I don't know. Yeah, I can relate to that, but that fear motivation for sure especially with all of your undefined up here, it's like, yeah, let's, let's find that certainty in the depths of the ocean. Like you're not mm-hmm. going to, <laughs> you're not going to find it out there. <laughs> I am not here to be certain. <laughs> okay. So I love how you're bringing it into your, your real life in corporate America, being your projected <laughs> self. Um, gosh, a question was in my head and then it just left though. It's Okay. I'll come back. Oh, so the invitation piece, like how have you come to understand the recognition and invitation piece of being a projector? So this is, I'm glad you brought this up because I know that there's a lot of talk. I don't know if it's specifically in the projector community, probably because that's, you know, our strategy, but there's a lot of talk about what a, an invitation or recognition is or isn't. Mm -hmm. It's not, I recognize you for the incredible job that you've been doing. No, it feels incredible when my colleague emails me and she's like, oh my God, Natalie, the email that you put together looks insane. Thank you so much. That completely, that is recognition for me. That, oh my God, yes. Yeah. Very excited about that. It it makes you feel good, right? Mm -hmm. And that's an email that I made for my job. Like six weeks ago, I would have been like, no, 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 no. <laughs> that's, not, that's not something uh, that would like light me up. That would like be recognition. But it's it is a feeling that you get inside. You know, it's people who recognize you not only for just like you know doing a good job at something, but like they're recognizing you for the uniqueness that you are bringing to whatever the situation is whether it's your perspective, whether it's your actual work, you know, their recognition is of your gifts. Now they're probably not going to be like, wow, Natalie, you're so gifted at doing this. That's <laughs> kind of a weird thing to say, like, especially in like corporate America, which is fine. But like, you know, someone saying like, you did an incredible job on this or like, oh my gosh, this looks so good. I can never do this. Or, you know, it can come to in a million ways and it's, I notice maybe more so because I'm aware of the actual definition that I carry. You know, I only have two channels, which mm. is the eight one, the gate of inspiration and the 1858, which is the gate or the, sorry, the channel and the channel of judgment. So mm. that's, that's what I've got. And I understand, you know, what the books say. I understand how they feel for me. And when somebody who has no clue what human design is, and they say something to you that recognizes your natural ability to seek out logical patterns and organizational skills, mm-hmm. like, you know, or um, I don't know, the unique insight that I bring to a situation where I'm helping to build a structure in the background to ensure that we don't get screwed six months from now because we didn't have this stuff prepared. You know, that's my survival and you know, view and fear motivation. I'm figuring out what we need to know 
mm-hmm. what's important for us. You know, it's like stuff like that, which is very like non-woo-woo, non-human design. <laughs> but when somebody can recognize that in you and you're like, yeah, that's my design. Like, I don't have to say that to them. They're seeing it. They're witnessing it in action in whatever the situation may be, whether it's like planning a party or creating, you know, an e-blast for work. That's, I think, the recognition that hits deep. And the invitation is super simple. I mean, I don't know how many times I've been invited already being in this job for, I think it's been four weeks. And there's so many little just invitations that I get sent, like just a a super simple little chat. Um, Like, hey, can you watch this and give me your insight? And it's like, you know, a draft for a webinar that they're gonna do, or, um, you know, can you help me create some email content or whatever it is, whether it's, can you help me? Or you seem like you would know this, or, you know, it doesn't have to be like, I'm inviting you to do this you know (laughs) right (laughs) like you're probably not gonna hear that phrase and if you do that's it would be a little strange you'd be sort of like sure that's kind of those I mean you know if you weren't in human design and somebody came up to you and was like I want to invite you to write an e-blast for me (laughs) (laughs) like okay are you okay am I like joining a seance I don't know what's going on this is strange um (laughs) Like you don't hear invite outside of the context of like events, but like, um, I, after I wrote my transference, uh, post, I remember that Sam Zagar commented and said, I would be really interested to see what invitations you just opened up yourself to. Mm. And immediately my mind's like, Ooh, human design reading. (laughs) (laughs) And actually what happened was the next day I was on a phone call with my mom and I work for my family and she invited me to come back to work. And I had been thinking in my head, like, I think that I want to go back to work for them, but I want to do this instead of this. And I don't want to do this. And it's a very unique situation that not necessarily many people can find, but I, I know that it's not just sort of like BS because I've been away from my family's company for 18 months and it was to the point where I couldn't have them. If they talked about the business, I would just leave the room. I just couldn't hear it. I didn't want anything to do with it. And my mom knew this and she knew my boundary. My line two boundary was very firm. And it was like, I don't know. I just, I had opened myself up to it and there was some sort of, I don't know, weird energetic sense that she got. I don't know what it was, but she just said, you know, we really need your help. And I think, you know, you could be really good doing something along this, you know, these lines or whatever it was, but it wasn't like a a formal invitation. Like I would like to invite you to come back and work with us. It was just like, you know, we need your help. If that's not recognition for a projector, I don't know what it is. <laughs> you know, like say, especially because like I knew that they needed my help all this time and I didn't let myself help them because I knew that I would have just gotten looped back in. But this was very different, you know? It wasn't like um, I don't know. 
you're going to do this for us because you're family. It was like a genuine, you know, I think we need you in this capacity. And I think you could be really good in that position. You know, it was very interesting how, how it happened. And so quickly, I mean, it was crazy how quickly it, like so many things changed after I posted that. It was like, I really actually did open something up that just, I, I don't know. That's amazing. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Wow. So, okay. I'm processing because it is really fascinating how energetics work behind the scenes, you know, and how, how we interact with it. But, um, okay. So you wrote this post, you, you really identified that you were in transparency and distraction. You honored Mm -hmm. it, like put it out there and then so much shifted for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, one of the other invitations that I got, um, I feel like anybody who follows my content will know this and I feel like a broken record, but I'm trying to move to Scotland. Um, and I was supposed to move in January and I'm, go- I'm moving with my dog and he's, he's, he's a medium sized dog. He, I, he would have to go underneath the plane if I flew, which is why I don't want to fly. Ooh. And yes. And last October I had a little Sleenik ping, whatever it was that just said you should call them. And well, it probably wasn't those words because my Selen doesn't say that, but it was like, you know, call them. And I knew who them was. So I called this cruise line and they take pets I was like do you have any cancellations like the last time I asked that before COVID they literally laughed at me on the phone (laughs) (laughs) and um he was like let me check oh yeah we just had one like do you want it and I was like oh my god yes turns out there was some thing they had to like double check with the you know kennel master who was out for the weekend so they had to get back to me you know, it was like kind of an invitation situation. Got it. It was all good. Then the Omicron variant hit and it got canceled oh, like five days before I was supposed to move. So, um, yeah. So then they put me on a wait list for the April sailing for Luke because my dog, um, because it wasn't guaranteed that all the kennels were already sold for the April sailing, but they were like, we'll put you on a wait list in case something happens. And it was like two weeks after that post. So I had started working again mm-hmm. and they emailed me and they, they asked me, it was something super vague. They needed some sort of paperwork. So I didn't think anything of it. And I sent it. And then it was like, also, since you know, because I'm like, I'm a projector. I want to wait when I can for people to reach out to me first. And, um, so I said, by the way, since you reached out, I've been needing to tell you, like, you know, my dog needs, he tore his ACL, so he has to get surgery. So we can't travel on the April sailing. And he was, she wrote back and she's like, I'm confused. We just confirmed you. Do you not want it? (laughs) And I was like, no, (laughs) this is painful. Um, (laughs) so then I was like, give me the weekend because the surgery he you know he really needs to have this um and I really want to do it here in the states so then the whole weekend I was like am I in need like no I'm not in need by saying no like I'm in need if I say yes because if I say yes then I feel like I need to say yes because I'm not going to get this again Mm -hmm. I the weekend was 
an intense mental trip. But I said, no, I went back on Monday. I was like, look, this is incredible. And this is painful for me to write, but I can't, no, I can't travel as planned because he needs the surgery. So I'm like, for weeks, I've been like, oh my God, I made the wrong decision. I was in transference. I need to get the surgery here, blah, 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 blah. And now I'm like, oh no, that was the right decision first because my spleen was like, no, <laughs> I saw the email. <laughs> but she was like, wait, you, we confirmed you. And my spleen was just like, nope, <laughs> we're not going. It was like, first of all, I listened to my spleen. It's never, if you listen to my spleen, like I'm, I'm, I know I'm good. Yeah. But also my fear motivation, I've been racking my brain about it, but I'm like, no, I was, I was in the correct motivation because I want to have Luke's surgery here in the States because he has to get it on his other leg too, both yeah. of his ACLs. I'm just like, perfect, of course, but I need to have one done here, right? I have a whole support system. My family is here. My, the vet that we know is here. The surgeon that I know is here. Mm. I want to have it done here so that when I do get the second one, I know what to expect. I know I already have been through it. I have the past experience with all the people helping me, you know? Right, right. I can go, I can move and have the other surgery when I'm, you know, in the UK because I will know what to expect. And after the surgery, if I'm like, I couldn't do this over there, I have to get it here. Then fine, I'll know, but I can't make, it's so interesting your spleen tells you in the moment but it's not like based on these actions in the next six months this could be a yes like there's no like <laughs> there's no like small print with the spleen it's just like no there's no there's there's I'm not giving you any details it's just a no and you just have to trust me honey <laughs> that's the spleen so I'm like okay so I guess after surgery you know when I relook I'm going to, you know, decide then again, based on my spleen, what is my spleen yeah. thing? What, how am I being, you know, driven? Am I, you know, how am I motivated? Is it now I feel comfortable getting it over there or I'm like, no way in hell could I get in another country with no support system when I'm by myself and I don't know the vet and I don't know the surgeon, mm -hmm. you know, I do have people who like push me into need as well. They're like, Ooh, you should really get it done here though. Get them both done. You know, you need to be with the same surgeon because they know the dog. And I'm like, and I just sit there and I'm like, <laughs> thank you. For <laughs> so it's, yeah, you know, it's fun. You've had quite the journey trying to get over there because you were yeah. moved before COVID itself came, right? I, I was supposed to move uh, in May of 2020. I didn't have any plans. I didn't have anything booked. Um, but I had given like six months notice at my job the year before. So I was like fully prepped, you know, I gave them plenty of time so we could hire somebody else. We could train them all the whole, you know, the whole thing. And then COVID hit and I was just like, I'm still going to go, you know, I'm still going to do it guys. Like, you know, it'll be fine. Like, I'm, <laughs> what is it? My 25 is just sort of like, let's just go for it. You know? Yeah. yeah the and... it's no <laughs> I did. I did try. I did try. I actually was almost going to book flights September, 2020, but the second wave hit and my aunt and uncle that I would be staying with initially to quarantine were high risk. So they were like, we can't have you. And I was going to fly at that point. So I'm just like every, every turn, every time this is being 
delayed or canceled or whatever. I'm just like, it's fine. Cause it was just not the right time. Yes. Yeah, okay. so I'm so curious now though. Like once you finally get over there, cause I just I know. <laughs> that it'll like all make so much sense once you get there and you're like, Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> but it's, I know it's, it's been wild. I know it's, you know, even, you know, I had family and friends who were like, not super on board with it before. And now they're like, (laughs) it's been like two years of you actively trying. It's time for you to go. You need to just go. (laughs) (laughs) Don't, we don't care about it anymore. Like we we have no reservations. Just go and just move there, live your life. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. (laughs) Like, I guess that is a good thing. If you've still been actively moving towards it after two years, then yeah, how can they argue against it? Like clearly, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. This is this is a this is definitely my G center pulling me. This isn't just like a random. Because at first I was like, oh, maybe it's like you know, oh, they got canceled once. Like maybe you know, this will save me. Like I just, I didn't really want to go, but I'm like, no. No, I still want to go. <laughs> There's something that's, 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 I don't know, pulling me there. Um, I mean, I was born in London and my whole family, my mom's side, my dad's side, they all live there oh, wow. uh, in London and just outside London and Oxford. Um, and curiously, I don't know why I'm just incredibly drawn to Scotland to live in Edinburgh. Well, I mean, I say curiously, I, uh, <laughs> um, I, follow astro cartography oh yes and my jupiter line my jupiter mc uh goes almost directly through edinburgh okay also curiously my pluto ic line goes almost directly through chicago where i have lived my entire life interesting okay <laughs> okay yeah so so it makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense. Um, so I haven't been able to really study astrocartography too much, but I have looked up my chart because I was so curious once I heard about it. And it was weird because I was randomly drawn to Australia for a little bit. Like I just keep thinking about Australia. And then I looked up my mm-hmm. astrocartography and like so many of my lines go through Australia. I've never once been there. Yeah. Like, maybe that's what's happening. <laughs> It's interesting. I love it. I used to, um, I used to look at astrocartography charts in um, human design readings, just yeah. to see like what was going on. Um, and there were so many interesting links. Um, like people would have their MC line going through another state where they just found someone that they were going to do a training with, or they wanted to work with or their son's their son line would be going through this uh, particular city and like they felt their most like vibrant selves there and of course you always feel you know super wonderful when you're on vacation but like you know you can you get a sense of when certain destinations hit you differently mm-hmm. and it's it's very interesting when you can see that correlate on a on a map of the world (laughs) with your natal chart lines going through it um yeah I was fascinated it's probably still one of my favorite um things to just even look at for friends when they're like talking about you know 
their if their partner is off somewhere in another state or like they want to travel somewhere and we just left and we're like oh yeah you should definitely go to Bali you guys would be really good in Bali <laughs> I'm definitely fascinated by it I'm so curious I love how we've figured all this stuff out you know how humans are really cool sometimes <laughs> I know sometimes we come up with good stuff I thought you know I wonder if it's that open, open head, open mind, <laughs> you know, just yeah. like, Hey, life. I wonder what would happen if we, if we made a program that puts your natal chart over a map. Oh my yeah. gosh. Look at all these lines. That's cool. Right. Oh, look, it's actually working out. Nice. Right. <laughs> oh, and you mentioned MC. So I just wanted to say for like anybody who doesn't yeah. exactly know what the MC is. Can you explain that one a little more? Yeah, so there's four angles. If you look at your natal chart, there's four, four angles. Um, so your AC is your ascendant, which is your rising sign. So mm -hmm. if you are like a Scorpio rising, which I am, um, your rising um, angle would be where, uh, where that is. It's like the first angle on the chart. Um, it's at like nine o'clock, I guess, if you're looking at it like it's a clock. Mm -hmm. um, your IC is the MM Chelly, which represents um, your home life. Your um, descendant represents your relationships. So they say um, if you're um, looking for an ideal partner, you should look at your descendant lines. Like I'm a Scorpio, so the opposite of Scorpio is Taurus. So I'd probably do really well with a Taurus. <laughs> hey. um, and then your MC is, um, I can't remember what the, a Latin word for it is, uh, but it, in English, they would say like midheaven, um, which represents, um, it's at the top of your chart at like 12 o'clock noon. So it's the complete opposite of the IC. The IC is your home life. So it's, you know, everything that's close to you. The MC is the top of your chart. So it's um, your career, your public life. Um, <clears throat> yeah, everything sort of like external and internal. If you want to think of it like that. But yeah, so your Jupiter MC would be, um, so what does Jupiter represent? All things, um, expansion, abundance, uh, luck even, and how it relates to the angle, which MC would be the midheaven. So how it relates to your public life, your career. So yeah, uh, Jupiter MC, sign me up. <laughs> um, I was very happy to see that. Um, so yeah, plus, I mean, I, I just have a very uh, deep pull um, to go there. And I remember um, Teo on Instagram stories when he first moved, I think he moved to New Mexico. Mm -hmm. um, and he said he just had this really deep pull to move there. And he's like, it made absolutely no sense. I don't know anybody there. I've never lived there, but there is something about like the land that it's just pulling me. And he went and he's like, this is the most incredible decision that I've ever made. And I didn't really make it. It's not a mental decision. I just kind of followed where my body wanted to go. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I would be interested to see on his, like if there is a line that goes through it, that is, um, you know, some like charged energy that pulled in there. And it doesn't necessarily have to correlate. You know, you could be drawn to somewhere and have no lines going through it. But um, it always, I always find it really fascinating. When yeah. there is a line, you're just like, oh, it's a little, I don't know, 
kind of feel that you feel like you almost trust yourself a little bit more because you're like, oh, it's not just me being weird. <laughs> you know, like falling in love with like, you know, Instagram photos or something. It's like, no, no, this is like a legitimate legitimate thing yes like <laughs> I know I'm really resisting the urge to look at my chart so I can stare at it right now but <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to go through yours I want to see what you have yes that would be super fun because I've just I don't have it memorized like at all I do know uh I've I lived in Little Rock for a few years and I have no lines through there and there's a lot of reasons I loved it but I was feeling really called to come back home Mm-hmm. And then turns out my moon line runs through here. And that made sense because I was, I, I just needed to be nurtured for a bit. That's what I felt yeah. like. I just needed to be nurtured. So it made a lot of sense. But now I'm getting the bug to go somewhere else. But my kids are in high school. So I can't just leave. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna wait for them. Yeah, I get that. You don't want to move around too much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's, it is interesting that, you know, like you, you felt this, you know, call or draw to be, you know, have some sort of nurturing balm, you know, energy or feeling. Mm-hmm. And it's that sort of that form principle, right? Like your, your magnetic monopole is going to take you, you know, your magnetic, magnetic monopole does all the work. I found out that the, the two guys that I was either dating or interested in were projectors, both oh. actually um, self-projected projectors. How funny. And I think one of them had the 59 to my gate six. Okay. Um, a very strong connection that you probably just seek each other out. Um, so yeah, it's been interesting to see. And that was way, that was years ago before I even, you know, knew that I was more than a Capricorn son. So <laughs> it was a very, <laughs> very long time ago. Um, so yeah, it's really interesting to see. I mean, you're, you're, the form principle like your your body just takes you you know it just yeah when you can get out of your head when you try to stop making the mental decisions and you can just freely be yourself and your body can tell you what it needs and take you physically where you need to go like that's it you know that's where the magic is so how would you um advise someone if they're in the beginning and they want to trust their body, but they're still stuck in their mind and they just don't even understand what trust your body means. Like what is the first step? Um, honestly, the very first step, if you found out about human design and you're like on my body graph and you're reading all the little blurbs and you're like trying to piece it together, genuinely get a human design reading, not a pitch to like book with one of us, book with whoever. Yeah. It makes the difference. Um, even now being in human design, having taught human design to people walked in through their, tar- their, through their charts, I still get human design readings. I still, there's so much in human design, you'll get readings forever. But if you're just starting out, get a reading. Um, if you want to start, um, I guess if, you, if you're really like, what is is being in my body feel like I guess I would first look at what your authority actually is mm. and try and begin to connect with it um you know is your your emotional center you know you really need to well I don't want to say need because that's me just projecting my <laughs> <laughs> my transference onto you um you want to get into a place where you can feel comfortable just being yourself and if that means that you have to lock yourself in the bathroom and just do your thing do it I do that it's great 
Um, <laughs> narrow valleys. <laughs> narrow, narrow valleys, a lot of Capricorn. Um, yeah, yeah, so uh, I, would, I would see what your authority is. You know, I can't personally speak to an emotional authority. Um, so I would probably, again, seek out others who you feel you can connect with that have your authority. Um, and there's, there are plenty of people on Instagram now who are giving incredibly high value content, yes. like incredibly high value content, um, whether they're professional, um, professionally trained in school, uh, they just read the, um, you know, or listen to lectures, read the text, even, I mean, not to push being, you know, source material, but um, I find that personally that hits in a different way. So, I mean, I guess also find out your learning, you know, style, like, do you like learning source materials? Are you drawn to somebody else? Mm-hmm. Um, your sacral, I'd probably get really comfortable just like letting your stomach out. Just like we suck in our body all the time, pretending to like contort ourselves into like, you know, different poses. Oh yeah. Just let it out. I mean, this is also good for any authority. Um, but because your sacral is literally your gut, you know, like if you're sucking in your gut and you're expecting a good response, like you're probably not going to get it. Um, just let it out and really start to listen to what natural um, sounds you make, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the sacral is very much like about frequency. It's that, mm-hmm, it's like a yes or, mm-mm. you know, it's that low frequency. And maybe you don't make those noises, but maybe you make something similar. Um, really just like start observing yourself. All, the human design is very much just about awareness. And eventually the awareness leads to just being, just like sitting back and just being. Um, so your spleen, um, again, find people, you know, on human design that have the spleen defined um, as their authority. And... I've personally been diving into the lymphatic system um, and how that can affect um, the connection with the spleen um, because the spleen is connected to the lymphatic system. So like moving around that lymphatic fluid in your body, whether it's gua sha, whether it's dry brushing, whether it's abhyanga doing um, warm oil body massage, um, you know, just getting in touch with your body. I think in general, we're very disconnected from our bodies because we just want them to look a certain way or do certain things, or, you know, we just, we're trying to make them something that they may not necessarily be. And how can you trust your authority if you're trying to make your body something opposite to what it is? And that's a very long lesson to, to, to learn, to go through, to experience. I mean, I'm almost three years into my experiment And I still, that's still like a daily struggle. It's not something like a mental thing. Like, oh, I just have to stop making my body want to do different things. Okay. Like this is however long you've been living, (laughs) you know, this is something that you've been, you know, I'm assuming the people who are listening to this are not babies. So (laughs) babies are pretty much the ones that we got to start with. (laughs) Give them a fresh start. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, So if you're not a baby, then you have to, you have to give to, it's a practice. It's an actual practice. It's an experiment. Um, and you have to enter it with a lot of grace because there's going to be days when you're just over it. Real human design is not necessarily fun. Um, it, it, it kind of 
you know, can slap you across the face sometimes, but it's also really, really worth it. Um, it's not to like scare people out of it or into it. It's just, you know, the real shit that is worth it can sometimes be a little hard to hear, you know? Absolutely. Well, and healing is not a very pleasant process in general. <laughs> no, it sounds really nice. <laughs> Got a whole really pretty Instagram following, but like. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, let's just sit in the car. i crying and like, <laughs> there's a lot that goes into it. Um, but yeah, I would just say, yeah, getting comfortable with yourself. If you're like self-projected, get comfortable speaking out loud, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of different modalities too out there that you can work with alongside human design. You know, I, I pretty much look at everything now and I'm just like, why would I do that? Cause I know that this is the reason this is this way from human design. <laughs> now I've gotten to the point where I'm just like human design is pretty much my only lens. I don't really need to look at anything else, but you can look at other things, um, use different modalities to yeah to help remember you Mm -hmm. know how your body actually is and how what it feels like to actually listen to your authority um that's all this is you know strategy and authority is like the basic you know even people who've been it for 25 years are just like wait yeah strategy and authority that was a mental decision okay (laughs) exactly (laughs) (laughs) there's not going to be some magical time where we're fixed no nope. it's, it's going to be a journey so it's fine like you said it it's, and just be nice to yourself yeah definitely be nice it's just helpful you know exactly and I'm glad you brought up the different modalities too because I feel like um especially over the past year, I kind of went back and forth with human design. I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't want to just talk about human design, but it keeps drawing me in. (laughs) But I love how I, it just resonates with so many other modalities too. And like, if that's what you, if that's what supports you, then do that. It's all about supporting you and Mm -hmm. creating your life. We're not, we are all different though. Exactly. You can't say only do this and everything's going to be fine for everybody who does that exact same thing that's not true oh you know that's like (laughs) lesson number one differentiation we're all unique beings yes yes nobody has the exact same design ever nobody twins nobody no down even even if you have the same channels the same variable you know the substructure of your human design goes incredibly deep and that, I mean, there's millions of, of different variations of how a design could be. And the fact that you came out at the exact time that you did, whether you were late or premature or right on time mm-hmm. and the sun was where it was and Mars was where it was, you know, it all happened exactly for a reason. And you will never have the same design as anybody else. And you're not meant to, you're not meant to see the same way or be motivated the same way or eat the same way or live the same way you're designed to live exactly as you yeah and that's all that human design tells you you know I always think it's funny when people are like is it a cult though I'm like what other cult is like you're your own authority don't listen to me (laughs) exactly Exactly. Jesse and I were talking about this um joyfully human 
on Instagram? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she, uh, I asked her about this and, um, I always love her perspective and she did some research. And so she said, you know, the main thing is with the cult, eventually you get to a place where there's no way out. And in human design, nobody's trying to keep you here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it doesn't even fit the description of a cult. And then even Ra himself would start lectures with don't believe a word I say. Yeah. It's like, I don't, I literally don't care if you believe me. I just have to teach this now (laughs) is basically (laughs) the vibe I got. (laughs) Yeah, Literally like, I'm just getting this out of my body. So listen, (laughs) don't listen. You're literally your own authority. Do what you want with it. Yes. I'm not promising anything. There's never a promise. There's never a guarantee. There's, there's no do this and you'll, you know, make a million dollars in your business. It's none of that. It's just literally be your own authority. Yes. Yes. Which is, and don't make mental decisions. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That one helps me a lot as a mental projector. It still annoys me sometimes though. I do, I do get into bitterness because I'm like, why, why did you just give me that if I'm not supposed to use it for myself? (laughs) Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, you of course are meant to be like the ultimate outer authority for everybody else. And then because you're a projector, you learn about yourself and what's good for you by learning about others. It's so ironic (laughs) with projectors. And I saw somebody, I can't remember who, somebody else posted about this the other day. Projectors are the ones that are almost always talking about themselves and trying to learn about themselves and trying to like, you know, who am I and what do I need? this useless is really hard to come to terms with and I'm still not coming I'm still not there but I I read somewhere um that I can't remember who it was somebody likened being a projector as um binoculars like a flashlight like you can't put them back on yourself you can't look at binoculars at yourself like that's not how they work you're supposed to look at the other and that's what projectors are designed for completely the other and I know that sounds you know especially to somebody new they're sort of like wait what like I'm not even here for myself no of course you're here for yourself but especially if you're like an individual (laughs) circuitry but that's a little bit deeper um (laughs) but you know it's um and it's really it's really amazing when it actually happens to you but when you can understand who you are Mm-hmm. by looking at the other person by talking to them by looking at their design by doing giving them a reading and you're like oh yes <laughs> that last one was for me too okay <laughs> they haven't got it all of the time all of the time yeah <laughs> it's kind of hard but like it eventually happens and you're just like I guess okay yeah yeah. Okay. Got it. Hence, I started a podcast where I get to just ask people a bunch of questions about how they live their design. <laughs> it's honestly the best. It's, this is this is the mental projector plane. Honestly, it's just like yeah. it's exactly what you need. It's like, just, well, not need. I don't want to say need. <laughs> well, I'm so I gotta acknowledge how you say that so much and you call yourself up for it because I've been realizing that for myself as well. How often I say need and it's blowing me away. Like, isn't it I I understand <laughs> it's interesting I also have been trying to play with different words 
that holds the frequency of what I mean, like, um, you know, something like, I don't know, um, it's vital that I have this, mm. right? Or mm. this is a necessity. Having money is a necessity for me to live, to mm. be like, to survive, you know? And obviously my level of survival is very different. Like I live in a first world country. I live in America. I have a job. I get paid. You know, it, it's also, you know, it's, I think it's important to say all of this human design stuff is incredible. The system is probably one of my most favorite things I've ever found. But if you're, your actual needs, your survival needs are not met, you don't have food on your table. You don't have water. You don't have shelter. Like this is not. You can't possibly expect your mind or your body to be able to submit to something like listen to your strategy and authority when yeah. you're like don't be a projector who's homeless like oh I can't I can't initiate asking somebody for a place to stay or a meal because I'm a projector I have to wait to be invited that's mm -hmm. not the level that human design is at there is a there is an incredibly deep amount of privilege that comes with learning the system because if you're in the system if you're learning it obviously you have your maslow's hierarchy of needs met right you have shelter you have clean water you have food on the table you probably have a paycheck because you're buying books or listening to lectures or you know so yeah. that's also like to clarify that so when we talk about something is necessity or having needs like this is a very different level than like basic know having shelter over your head need um but back to your point yes um so the transference for anyone who doesn't know my our fear motivation is a first line um it is in harmony or it transfers to the fourth line which in motivation is need so that looks like um me sitting here saying, oh gosh, like I need to do this podcast with you in order to be able to reach more people and have, you know, more success, get book more readings. That's mm -hmm. not the reason that I should be authentically driven to do this podcast. I'm doing this podcast with you because I don't know. Well, I mean, I feel very comfortable with you. Our, our magnetic monopoles honestly did all the talking here, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but when you transfer into need, Basically, I think when you find yourself in comparison, that's really when it triggers a lot. Um, yes. Especially for me with need, you know, like, oh, I need to do this in order to find success. I need to do this in order to, you know, do X, Y, Z or get something out of something, you know? Um, yeah. So I'm very cautious with the word need because it's super easy to slip into transference. Like it can happen in two seconds. Well, that's the thing that fascinates me is I just envision the line between alignment and transference is so thin because like you said, it flips so easily without even realizing it because, yeah. It's, it is interesting because it's we're in transference or distraction if you're in, you know, view, but if you think about it in every other part of the chart, the one and the four are in harmony with one another, mm -hmm. right? So they're naturally in harmony, no matter what you do. It just so happens that when it occurs, that, that's why it's, there's, it's two sides of the same coin, yeah. right? 
need and fear. Mm-hmm. It's they seem, you know, diametrically opposite, but actually it is it, it's so thin. So similar. Yes. Yeah. That it is really hard that even when I'm sitting here, you know, just talking about being in fear motivation correctly, I can still find myself using the word need. That I'm just like, wait, I need to think about that again. <laughs> so I just try and avoid the word need. Um And you can also be transferred, like projected onto, like somebody can project your transference onto you. You know, I have friends who will push me into my need. They'll say, oh, but you really should do this. You know, you have to do this so that you can build your following, or you have to do this because you need money, or you have to do this because, you know, X, Y, Z. And I'm like, no, no, I don't have to do that. Like I'm my own authority. So, you know need is when you get into transference that's when it's very much you know the not self mental game it is it is I've realized I experience it as an anxiety and Mm -hmm. it feels deep in my open centers too like you're saying like Mm -hmm. I need to do this so that I can get followers you know I need to do this so that I can prove whatever Mm -hmm. so it's been very interesting to unpack and to realize how much of my life I made decisions out of need motivation because I was too yeah mm-hmm. and it's- then you gotta do all the self-forgiveness work for that and- <laughs> yeah it's, I mean look human design is not for the faint of heart <laughs> you, you know if you do this it's you know it's but real. It- <laughs> I've done so much healing work over the years too. And then with human design, I feel like it gave me a roadmap. Like they say, I, I got to visualize I have the outer vision. So I got to mm-hmm. visualize what's actually happening energetically. And that's what calms me so much that I, I can see then what's going on and that it's, it's mechanics and it, yep. kind of, well, the, the taking things personally in the projections, it takes it all away. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like there's one part, there's been a couple times where I'll meet someone um, and, you know, we'll get to chatting or whatever. And I'll kind of feel, I'm like, wait, is there like a thing happening here? <laughs> but then I'll uh, like recently there was somebody and I got to look up their chart and I realized they have, I have gate six as well and they have the whole 659. And so it's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, no, it's just a thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It, it'll, it'll, yeah, it'll mess with you. I find that it really screws me with the transit sometimes when 59 mm-hmm. comes on. I'm just like, Whoa. that's probably the one that I'm most aware of. I'm just like, okay, what's going on here? I just, what is happening? <laughs> what is happening? It's yeah. It, it's a pretty intense. Um, it's a pretty intense channel. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I wanted to talk about closed taste a little bit because you're closed taste, yeah. taste. And so I'm just curious how you experience taste in general. I know you're experimenting a little bit more with that. And yeah, what's been, what have you learned through that process? Yeah, so closed taste has been coming up a lot for me. Um, it just sort of, it's one of those things where it keeps reappearing, like 
you need to look at this a little bit more. I'm like, okay. So I, I've been studying it a bit more um, recently, but I think what's interesting is how much, I don't know, permission, I guess, it's given me to just like literally be who I am. I eat, I could eat the same thing every single day. I could eat the same thing for two meals a day. Um, I have literally watched a show or a movie again just I'll like watch a movie through and it's so good I'll just watch it again it's the point with the line too is it's all about boundaries and closed taste and open it's about setting the boundary where are you are you open you don't have it set yet or you're closed you already have it set you know what I mean um and there are a lot of times where I find that I just have the taste for the same thing repeatedly yeah. over and over and over again. And I don't want anything else because my taste is only for that one thing. And it could be taste like actual food, or it could be the taste, like my taste for a show or a movie or a genre. I mean, I've just been reading all these books on Greek mythology and I'm just like, now I'm out of my Greek mythology books and I want more, <laughs> you know, it's like, I am now, that is my taste. It's, mm. And there's always something that I am drawn to it for, I think. There's a reason that my taste is for this specific genre or movie or food, whatever it may be. Um, and I, I don't know that my spleen necessarily has much to say about it. Um, again, again, like my spleen's pretty quiet most of the time, unless I'm, you know, doing something that's putting myself in danger. Um, mm. at least for right now, I think I still need to build it up a bit, but, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm interested, I think in seeing how it shows up with other people as well. Um, so I'm trying to start a small group where we can kind of share experiences how does it show up for you versus for me you know I have my spleen am I am I not following my clothes taste because I really just don't trust my spleen or I don't trust myself to make the decision because I don't want you know people to judge me for wanting to eat the same thing every single night um you know there's it's interesting there is, it, it, it can kind of go a million different ways, even just food, like we could probably have to talk about another, for another hour, just about close taste <laughs> and, and food versus, because of course that, that variable refers to how you take in food, but also how you take in information. So it literally represents your physical brain. Um, so it's how you you nourish your brain through what you eat or how the circumstances around how you eat, depending on, you know, what um, specific determination you have, um, but also how you take in information. So it's, it's, a, it's very deep. There's so many different ways that it could go. Um, and I think it's very similar to the need and fear, I think, closed taste versus open, you know, um, especially what you, what we, there is available, you know, to read about or to study about it's like, um, you know, open taste, you know, like you do really well to 
have the same few recipes that you, you know, have on rotation, closed taste, you can eat the same thing every single day. <laughs> You're like, great. Okay, what else? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I think there's a big, <laughs> there's a big hunger out there um, for people with, you know, open and closed taste who are like, but what else? You know, which is why I've, I'm, I literally just this, you know, the other day put on my Instagram, like, would you guys be interested in a closed taste group where we just like kind of, you know, open forum style chat and like share experiences and ask questions. Again, you know, I'm a projector. It's really hard for me to like sit here and like talk about myself and my experience with it, I guess, because I don't really know. But when other people talk about it, I'm like, oh yeah, no, me too. Oh yeah, I get that too oh yeah Yeah. oh that's a good point I hadn't thought about that you know it's that's that kind of projector you know binoculars (laughs) moment where you're like oh (laughs) I get it I imagine for you with the two right arrows it's even more so because it's just kind of hanging out there until someone pulls it Mm -hmm. out and oh my gosh yeah you have so much of it (laughs) there's a lot that I really (laughs) it's so interesting I find myself I'm one of like the most self-aware people like if I I don't go to therapy don't come at me but if I did I feel like I would sit in front of her and be like okay this is wrong this is wrong and this is wrong um I'm also dealing with this yeah where do we go like what do we do now you know they'd be like oh (laughs) usually it takes us a few sessions to just like say your name without crying I don't know um so (laughs) I used to go to therapy fairly frequently but it was always so interesting to me because it was years before I discovered human design and there was always this point where it's like I could feel the shift inside myself like I would therapize myself which makes sense as a mental right like I'm in that room and then I remember a few times I found a therapist because I thought I just need to be able to talk to someone who's not going to judge me I just needed a safe soundboard is all I needed yeah exactly yeah so it's crazy like I'm I'm a big proponent of it, but I haven't been in a long time. So look, do whatever you need to yeah. do. Anybody it's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the moral of the story. It's funny that you say that. I literally say that I self-therapize. Like if I, if there's something wrong, like I just, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. There is, there is such a strong level of self-awareness in that regard. Like, what do I need in this moment? Like, what can my, like, you know, in my mind, what can I do to like soothe this or help it? Or, you know, I'd do like tapping and stuff if I need to. Love tapping, yeah. But, so good. But, um, but yeah, but then there's parts of myself that I'm like, when you asked me like my experience with closed taste, I was like, oh no, I don't actually know. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's, it's so strange. <laughs> I don't really know how to talk about open taste. I'm still figuring out. I'm I'm glad to hear that other people are a little confused by this one because I've experienced the same thing. I've been looking through source material and it's like exactly what you said. Like you can have a few things, but what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's I, I, I wish that Ra actually had um, open or closed taste. I can't remember what he had. Oh no, he was um fourth, fourth color, I believe, um, which is, low I think he's low determination he Um, likes um like quiet like peace and quiet like he doesn't want anything happening anywhere near him (laughs) 
Okay, so that brings- Which sounds a lot like- <laughs> Right? <laughs> like, of course you would be. Just like eating in silence in like a dark room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not to like make fun of anybody that is on here listening to, and you have fourth color. I don't mean it that way, but I just I, yeah, I yeah. imagine Ra being like kind of a grumpy dude eating, just be like silence, you know? Yeah. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate <laughs> his rawness. I just realized that goes two ways, like his rawness, but then uh, raw, <laughs> he's like just who's who he is. Like that, mm-hmm. that's what I appreciate. It's like that ego manifesterness of like, this is who I am. This is what's happening. Take it or don't. Mm-hmm. don't care. <laughs> yeah. And maybe that is why it just feels like it goes so well together. Cause he was so like abrupt that him, I can just imagine him just being like, I just need silence. Yeah. Um, like it's okay. time for me to eat. See you later. And just, yeah, <laughs> I can see that too. <laughs> Honestly. So yeah, it's, I mean, it, so yeah, determination is interesting. And I, I think it's, you know, it's the first one, if you look at the four um, variable, they go in a certain order mm-hmm. and it starts on the body side. It starts with determination, goes to environment, goes then over to uh, the personality side to view and then up to motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, so technically the idea is that you can't really ever meet the other three correctly as you're designed until you nourish your brain properly, correctly. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. I'm so I'm excited about this group. I mean, I haven't done anything yet. I literally just today was like, oh, so I guess this is happening. <laughs> gotta, start work, gotta start working, gotta figure out some dates. Um, but I'm excited to see, you know, how I think there's a lot more, um, a lot more human design um, work, classes, teaching done in the Penta, like a group, a small group of five or six people versus just like lecture style. I'm just going to talk to the 30 people that signed up for my class. Not mm-hmm. that there's something wrong with either of them. I'm personally drawn more, I think, to the, you know, Penta size just because, you know, I'm narrow valleys. I like, I like being more intimate. I prefer it, honestly, one-on-one. This is my favorite because I'm like, my attention isn't anywhere else. Like sometimes it drifts to my dog because he moves, but otherwise I'm just like, no, nope, this is it. Yeah. So when there's other people I'm sort of like oh like oh, I get a little bit hesitant because I'm like well now I can't hear and then it's like a flashlight <laughs> just yeah. like who do I who do I focus on it's a little I mean Ra makes a joke because he's like anytime you put a projector with two people like the other person's screwed because the projector is going to have their attention on one person and that's it mm. so plus narrow valleys is a little I think it's just like added just added pressure <laughs> added to that yes I know yeah. it's fascinating though because I find uh I really enjoy leading a group I oh, you do I kind of love it yeah but I also have like I'm just kind of a teacher at heart I'm not sure exactly where mm-hmm. else that goes maybe <laughs> 1156 just wants to talk about stuff but um when I my first program was a group thing and I had five women and then I had another group with five women and then I've done a bunch of one-on-one and I think maybe it depends on the the specific aspects of the program but healing wise I think it's more powerful in a group because you can hear other people's stories and then something about knowing you're not alone in your journey even though you have a different design or you know all these different things like there's 
basic things that humans struggle with. And I think to know that somebody else is going through something just like you, or at least very similar, helps you to understand that you're not insane and you're not a terrible person. And that can help the healing so much more. So that's why I like the group thing. Cause I can tell you like, and this is because this has happened to me so much where a client will get nervous about something. And I can tell you that that's normal, but you're not going to believe me. But if five other women are nodding at you, like, oh yeah, I've totally done that. Then <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I think it, it, it definitely, um, it's a bit more open. Um, there's, you don't feel the same kind of like pressure or even judgment maybe, um, because there's other women there, especially, I think it's really beneficial for projectors to be in groups because there's just that many more people that you can learn about your own self, your own design through. Even if like you have a defined G and you are listening to somebody and theirs is completely wide open and you're like, oh my God, I relate so much in such a different way because you're just putting into context all of my own experiences. Mm-hmm. And it makes, you know, even if it's, even if they're, you know, a generator or an MG or whatever, you know, it, it, I think it can be really interesting for projectors specifically to learn in groups versus one-on-one. I love one-on-one and I have only actually done one-on-one um, work with human design. Like not, in, you know, if I'm outside of work, just like chatting human design with friends, I've done that, but yeah. it's very different when you have reciprocated <laughs> human design nerd nerdiness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, versus just like just like projectile vomiting human design to non-human designers. <laughs> yeah. It's a different vibe They're for sure. Appreciate it as much. I love nerding out with people on this thing. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm always so grateful yeah. to the people who are willing to nerd out with me. <laughs> and yeah, it's making more sense though when you bring out that projectors need to understand themselves through other people, which I knew is just like hitting me even harder at this moment. Like, yeah, yeah. when you're actually like doing it, you're like, oh, okay, I get it's it. Literally I what I'm it. doing right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're just like, oh, okay, I see. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. So we'll see, I guess, kind of where that, where that leads. I don't know. It's, yeah, I, I hope I get to, chat with a whole bunch of people my big overall intention is really again it's the story is kind of like what I just said with the with the groups like you can relate to people hearing them share their experience and then to externalize your experiment I've noticed people starting to do that more and more they'll get on and talk about especially Sam Zager she does it so beautifully right and so Mm -hmm. I thought okay if I can just draw those experiences out of people then it will help so many other people. And, and maybe it's projectorness too, where I feel like if I ask you about your experience with the splenic authority, then that's so much more beneficial to someone with a splenic authority than me telling them, well, here's what I've read about it. Like I don't have a splenic authority, Yeah, but here's what I've read and here's what other people have told me. Yeah. <laughs> or I could say, go check out these episodes with these splenic authority people, you know, or even anything else like how you have the g-center defined like mm-hmm. experience and yeah I just want to help people unpack their their own design a little bit more too yeah I think it obviously we all only have the definition that we have so mm-hmm. 
it's not possible for me to be able to tell you about every single aspect of your design because I don't have personal lived experience. I can tell you what I have learned about it through studying, but, and I always do try and preface that. Like I can give you my firsthand account of this and this and this and this, you know, splenic authority and inner vision and closed taste. Well, I didn't do a great job today, but, <laughs> but, you know, I can, I can speak on those things from a very personal understanding of my lived experience, but emotional authority, I can tell you, you know, what I've, what I've read about it, what I've learned from, you know, source material about it, but, you know, you should really go check out, you know, these projectors, because you are an emotional projector, you should check out these other emotional projectors and listen to them explain their emotional authority, their experience, because also they might have emotional authority, but not your specific channel. So they have a different way than you. So, you know, there's, even if somebody, you know, with splenic authority, they could have like eight channels. Well, are there even eight channels? I think, no, seven. Anyways, (laughs) you know, they could have a fully defined or, you know, have three versus just one it's a different feeling. No, 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 please go ahead. No, I just, I totally forgot about the whole integration thing. Cause 57, you know, can connect to like three different things. And so, yeah, see, I think 57 could also be my other bridge, but I don't count it as a bridge. I, Cause I have the 10, but I'm like the 10 could, the 10 sort of feels like something waving in the wind. It could go three different. Go, okay. Yeah. And I have the 20. So, there's so like- I don't feel as much pressure. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I think. <laughs> All right, so we've we've got a lot. You're bridging. Plus, I'm I'm fully defined today with this <laughs> with the yeah. program. So I'm just like you know, I'm feeling a lot better than I did last weekend when I <laughs> I was like in my a one melancholy and my bridge was not being you know filled in with the with the transits. It's the transits are fun sometimes. Yeah, it's probably gonna lot- pay for it, but. <laughs> A wild ride. I know some people are on the 36, 35 train for the next couple of years now. So yeah, I saw that. I don't think that Luke, don't bark. Sorry, my dog is about to freak out. Excuse him. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, so with the transits, it's just so fascinating how we can experience different aspects of the chart and lean into it. And so that's a way you can kind of secondhand experience things that you don't have and, and get to know that aspect, like 2343 is real. Um, it's lit up right now. And so a lot of people are understanding what it's like to have that Ajna defined with to the throat. And, and some people are like, Oh, there's so much pressure to think. And I'm like, this is my life. I'm feeling great. <laughs> So no, absolutely. It's, it's a trip. Sorry, he's going to hear Luke. Stop. He doesn't want me to talk. Apparently I'm not supposed to talk about transits. Luke. <laughs> it's interesting because like right now I have my sacral defined and I feel like I haven't done anything today. I've done a lot. Well, not, I mean, still a projector, not that much, but I don't feel any, I'm like, it's, it's 820. Usually I'm like thinking about finishing up a show or getting ready to, you know, start like winding down, taking off my makeup and like, you know, reading in bed for a little bit. And I'm like, I could go for like another hour. I'm fine. Like I've got, I've also got my (laughs) emotional centers. I'm like, I'm not, I've got a lot of energy right now, even though it's not mine. Yeah. 
So I have to be careful because tomorrow I could be really burnt out. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm probably still going to, you know, slowly read in bed before, (laughs) you know, before I totally burn out. Um, But it is interesting how, how you can, yeah, experience the different centers without actually fully understanding. Like I have an emotional center, but I'm, I mean, I told you today, I was like, Hey, let's, let's do the call. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm still a splenic projector. <laughs> I'm not, design, you know, I'm not here to be like, okay, but today I have my emotional center defined. So I should really take some time before it no my authority is splenic it's splenic no matter what's happening but it's it's definitely interesting it's nice to feel the buzz of energy you know that's let's be honest about that totally (laughs) like I only have four centers normally so this is great (laughs) I don't feel any like mental pressure I'm just like let's just do the thing you know And I'm just realizing too how funny it is how our authorities played out this whole process because you're like okay let's do it and I'm like I don't know but then once I tapped in your energy I was like oh no wait okay now I'm good (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like hey if you want to push it we can push it but like I'm ready if you want you're like let's let's do a little soundboarding first (laughs) (laughs) let's just like chat for a minute okay let's chat okay Okay, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that's why I love human design so much, especially with this kind of stuff is everybody's so understanding, yes. you know, like it's my favorite. I see people like making jokes about waiting for um, Brayton, you know, like he'll do a, Don't <laughs> make have, like, a reading. People are like, I've been waiting two hours, but it's worth it. <laughs> and I'm like, cause he has emotional authority and everybody's like, so I'm so happy to wait because you know, like that guy, has, he's incredible knowledge to oh share. My gosh. What comes I'm out? I'm so excited. Ugh. I signed up for his projector immersion uh, at the, starting at the end of the month. And I'm, I'm very excited. Oh, that's awesome. It, it, yeah. I, um, I wanted to do it for the, I think he's had like three rounds of it and I've wanted to do every single one, but like every time I went to do it, it was like, no, it's not right. Mm-hmm. and then this time he had like a little wait list and everything so I got the email I was like boom done okay signing up <laughs> I was like that's a full-blown yes okay I'm excited about this so yeah if you don't know who he is he's an emotional projector and he's um got all um individual circuitry and he's a force to be reckoned with and I'm right, so very yeah quadrite I'm very excited to learn from him so Yes. He's on my dream list to interview. I got to, yeah, probably got to get a little momentum going on this podcast and then I'll hit up some of the big wigs. <laughs> yeah. He would be, he would be, yeah, he'd be pretty amazing to interview. Um, yeah. I, I'm very excited about the different and not even just projectors, but I'm just very aware of the projectors because I am one about like the quality of projector and projector insights that are out there now you know it's I think first I think it's there's still a lot out there that's very kind of um fluffy I like to call it (laughs) I'm more into like the um tell me when you're bitter and melancholy (laughs) (laughs) you know like I like to know I like to know like what's going on even when it's not pretty Mm -hmm. um and I know that sometimes that can be a little too intense for some people, but um, I'm, it's very exciting to see 
like the level of depth that people are going and also that some people are also taking it to you know another level where they're recognizing themselves and you know charging to be close friends on stories I think that's incredible I love that you know um because it can be a little disheartening to be a projector on here and hear all of this stuff about like you don't work for free but then all we're doing is like pumping out posts that are just for free and you're like well this is not uh this is why I had to get a job so (laughs) (laughs) and I feel like um well, I've realized that I've been in transference for a while. So I understand now why I wasn't getting very much recognition, but it was very disheartening. Like I'm, I'm, I felt like I was working really hard. And at the time I was as authentic as I could be, but it's like, wasn't getting me anywhere. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's very frustrating as a projector. Like, do you not see all this wisdom? Come on guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. It is. It's very hard, especially to, to play the, you know, the Instagram game which is, you know, just pumping out content all the time. You know, it's, I don't have the energy for it personally. No, I mean, I'm on like once a month. I'm really not on that often. (laughs) I really, I just, I mean, I like, I'll like creep on people's posts, you know, or like, I basically just watch, um, I go in to watch people's videos. Like when they go live and like they have the recording saved. That's what I'm, that's what I'm for more than anything else. Yeah, but. there's people that I love to listen to for sure. But uh, yeah, I'm figuring out what exactly I want to do with that because I have I have a whole bunch just like hiding out in Canva and you know mm-hmm. written Google Docs because I'm processing stuff. And I think I just got stuck in my head and like what I needed to do right where it's like mm-hmm. okay, but I shouldn't give it all away for free so then mm-hmm. I should do something but like you know I mean I just got past 700 followers I'm like I don't really have a loyal following yet because I was kind of all over the place so like who's gonna pay anyway then you know the whole mental the whole back. mental trip it's it's yes. real it makes you go back and forth all your undefined centers feel like chiming in about you know I know it's like just throw it out there see what happens it'll be fine the one line's like no we got to know exactly the correct way to do it Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh my god yeah no honestly it's it's intense and then there is you know that fear motivation where you're like but is this right yeah yeah like there's a and there is a different vibe between like the undefined head Ajna which is like you know is this is this correct? Like grabbing onto random things versus like, you know, the fear it's like, it's always asking questions. If it's not asking questions, then you're probably in transference. Cause you're just like, Oh, it's fine. I just need to do this. Like, <laughs> fear. It's like, no, no, please wait. Like, did you spell this correctly? Even like, did you capitalize his name? Like, it's funny. Yes. I can tell when it's my fear motivation versus like just an undefined center trying to like, you know, make me not feel like I can post something it's 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 so funny how they all have different voices and you can you can yes. you really learn the the difference between like your your actual definition whether it's a channel or a center versus something that's you know undefined or a channel or a, sorry a gate that you have in an undefined center so when you have a gate in an undefined center it just means you don't have that that energy of the center but all of it is funneled 
all of the voices are funneled through that, you know, that one yeah. little gate that you got. Yes. <laughs> so kind a of little intense sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's what's interesting too, is the energetics of the gate, if it's an, on an undefined center or if it's an undefined center and all of that, like my conscious sign is 47, which is in the Ashna. And so that's what really helped me transition to the whole teacher aspect. I, I keep looking at my chart like, oh, I really am just here to transmute information and share it. That's, that's it, which is all I've ever wanted to do in all honesty. I've only ever wanted to just get like four PhDs and teach things. So I'm like, okay, that's what I'm doing then. We're, we're living the dream. But I had so much insecurity about it in the past. Like, oh, that's really boring. Why would that be a dream job? Surely I need to do something else. But I don't even care anymore. <laughs> I know that's what human design does. It's like, whatever, yeah. honestly. <laughs> That's just my not self. Don't listen to her. I'm like, just surrendering to the mechanics. <laughs> true. I mean, honestly, that's the end of the day. I mean, like, that's what we're doing. Yeah. You know, just, that whole surrender aspect. Mechanics. It's so fascinating to me. Like, okay, it really is. It really is a surrender. Like, let's just be with it and flow. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just watch it. Just watch it all play out. It's funny. I, I I listened to somebody. I think I don't know if it was a one of Ra's lectures, but they were like, just go out and if you're emotional, make an emotional decision. Don't you know? Make a mental decision. Whatever. Just do what you're not supposed to do, and that's how you're gonna learn. Yeah. Then observe what happens after. How does it feel in your body? What were the consequences of that decision? You know. That, yeah. You learn so much when you do that. Mm-hmm. You learn more by screwing up. I mean, I joke on my Instagram that I like call myself out when I like make mistakes or like, you know, because I'm like also insecure that somebody else is going to do it. But I'd, I'm also like, but you know, it's part of my experiment that I, mm-hmm. oops, I was in transference for like the past 18 months. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's wisdom, right? That's, that's the beauty of the three line. Like, oh, here's all the things I just did wrong, guys. Just wanted you to know, mm-hmm. so you can learn a little faster. Yeah, seriously. I know it's, you know, it's so it's, it's funny. It's, I, I wrote today, like, I've just realized I'm still in the mental game of trying to perfect something, you know, mm-hmm. and I have a lot of definition in my, in my chart. That's about, you know, it's part of the logic, you know, circuitry of sharing and um, it's about seeing and finding patterns, right? And part of me is also like, so that means that the pattern can be perfected. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> you cannot perfect human design. That's not the point. Like avoiding bitterness isn't the point because bitterness is there for a very specific reason. Mm-hmm. You're going to fall into transference and distraction and you're not self and all of it. You're going to, that it's there for a reason so that you can be like, oh, okay just kidding. Okay. We're going to, I made the mental decision. It was wrong. I, you know, I see this now, blah, blah, blah. Okay. You don't just do anything. You just, okay. Mm-hmm. I thought it happened. All right. Moving on. Like yeah. that's, that's all it is. It's an experiment, you know, and you can't even perfect an experiment. No, never. Right? There's a, there's a formula to it, but 
you know, there's always going to be something to tweak a little bit more and a little bit more. Yeah. Old names. Yeah. I mean, if you've perfected it, then you're probably at the end of your lifeline because you can't perfect life. No. <laughs> like, I used to say that even years ago. I'm like, okay, if you've figured stuff out, then you're dead because <laughs> you can't, that's not what we're here to do. Like, we're right. here to- I mean, life is messy. God, like it's supposed to be. Yeah. And that includes, you know, making mental decisions and emotional decisions and going into your not self and all of it. It's all there. It's all messy. It's for a reason. It's not going to be this perfect little, you know, organized formula, even though that's, you know, my dream love language, but you know, that's how it is. <laughs> yeah, you try to make that bubble. <laughs> yeah. So you just got to go with it. And you know, it's an experiment. If you screw up, you didn't even screw up. It's not even a screw up. No. It's just you just living your life and then being in you being able to be aware of it and to witness it and then be like, okay, mm-hmm. moving on. Where's where where's my spleen? How does it feel? How does it sound? You know, okay. And then you and then you start to be like, oh, that's the voice of my undefined sacral. Okay. That's what she sounds like. Okay, great. Oh, that's my solar plexus. Oh, that's my heart. Okay. She's a little bit mean. Okay. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) they all have voices and you really get to learn how they speak, especially if you're split or, you know, triple or quad, Mm -hmm. then your centers, you know, like you're single, right? Because you only have your, your Ajna and your throat. Mm -hmm. And so I have my spleen and root, but then also and which is unconscious, like we talked about earlier, and then my throat to G. Yes. So that's conscious. I also feel I can hear it more, mm-hmm. but I can I can actually sit in a moment and witness both of them having, like even saying the same thing, but like not at the same time. You know, it's almost like feedback. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> You're just like, oh, wait, wait. You know, like you guys are on the same page, but like I'm a little bit confused. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> I didn't hear what the other one said. <laughs> so it's it's interesting when you know that happens, um, yeah. and you'll you'll definitely learn. Even single, I mean, you hear all the different voices of your undefined centers all the it's, time. Yeah. It's interesting when you get there and you hear what they actually sound like. Oh, that's the characteristic they carry, or this one yells, <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's it sounds not fun, but it's fun like to be able to just like watch it, you know, be aware of it. Like that's the whole point. It's all of this is just that you can bring awareness to it and just watch it happen. Yeah. You know? Have you read that book, The Untethered Soul by Michael? No. Oh my god. I've had so many people tell me about it. I bought it once. I read like the first page and she's like, meh. And never, <laughs> but everybody, everybody keeps telling me about it or to read it or have you read it? So anyways, sorry. No, I've not read it. <laughs> Maybe it's in your, share your, just for share your point. But it just, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, one line, so I've read a lot, but it just fascinates me how things overlap, you know? And so Raw would always talk about like, you're the passenger, like don't, mm-hmm you're not in control here. And that's what Untethered Soul is all about. Like he just had this epiphany of like, oh, there's just this voice in my head that talks about stuff, but I don't have to listen to it. Like that's not who I am. 
and so it's just his journey of uncovering that and maybe uh, I should read that <laughs> so yeah I mean it's it's really interesting because it's his real life experience and he it was like in the 70s you know mm -hmm. uh, so yeah I just love how things overlap like that and that's where I find bits of truth is when I see it from like three or four different places and they're all saying the same thing, just maybe in a little more a different nuanced way. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're the passenger. We're chilling. Yep. We're just literally here for the ride. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I mean, I love human design. It's, I mean, we could talk for four more hours, but oh, I know. I don't know if I don't know if anybody wants to listen for four more hours. <laughs> just talk, talk about our mean, we'll just, undefined hearts. <laughs> we'll just have to do another episode. Like, I think I'm just I'm just gonna have everybody. I'm gonna chat to everybody like three or four times because I still have so many questions. I'm like, we didn't talk about split definition and you know all these things. And then like your Instagram is so beautiful, by the way. So people go look at oh, your. Thank Instagram. you. And, <laughs> so yeah there's just there's so much to unpack but I just wanted to thank you again for spending this time with me nerding out on this stuff and sharing your experience and I just know that it will help other people unpack their design and to love themselves deeper which is such a beautiful thing so thank you well thank you for having me again it's been yeah it's been fun nerding out I like nerding out with people yes it's my favorite thing <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> so uh, tell us where we can find you and if you have any programs you want to talk about or any of that. Sure. Um, so my Instagram is at the balanced projector, uh, though I don't claim to have mastered the whole balance thing. So don't ask me. Um, <laughs> and my website is um, nataliebydesign.com. And uh, I do have, I don't know when this will come out. I do have a, a closed taste, small penta group uh, coming out, um, but I don't know when yet. So it might be applicable depending on how it goes. We might do more, more rounds of it. So hopefully you'll be around um, to join those, but otherwise, yeah, it, you know, take a look at my, my posts, my, my bits and um, always feel free to reach out, ask questions. I don't have all the answers. I don't claim to, but you know, we can have fun experimenting together. So <laughs> I love that. Okay. Well, thank you so very much. And I'm sure we will talk more soon. <laughs> I'm sure we will. <laughs>